So, uh, let's see, it was about two years ago that I met James Roach for the first time, uh, at least kind of for himself. I went to school with his, one of his sons. But I'll never forget, uh, James walked through those doors, and uh, he's the type of man that once he walked into a room, you knew it. <laughs> uh, he walked in those doors and basically said, are you the pastor here? I'm looking for a church where Jesus is. Uh, is Jesus here? And I was just like, I sure hope so. <laughs> and I'd never had anyone ask me that question before. Uh, but, you know, I'd been spending some time in Revelation 1, 1 through 3, uh, just personally myself. And, and that is an incredibly, it, it's kind of a unique question, how many people ask that question when they're looking for a church. I, like I said, I'd never heard someone ask that, but it's a very biblically valid question. Um, and so what I'm going to do, just so you know, uh, is not a lot of, uh, well, I'm, I'm just going to do a lot of Bible reading today. So very short on the explanation. Uh, definitely going to get to application at the end, but just hang with me because we're going to drink from the fire hydrant of Revelation 1 to 3. So, uh, and if you're like, oh, I really want some Christmas, uh, Revelation is deals with a lot about Jesus coming back, and that's Advent. <laughs> Jesus is Jesus come, he came, and he is coming. And in Advent, we hold those two truths uh, at the same time, and we, we celebrate that. So, so we're going to see three things. John's description of Jesus, uh, that Jesus walks among local churches. And we'll see what Jesus says to the seven churches that are addressed in this book that we know as Revelation. And then I'm going to give a short summary for each one after I read it, and then close by a few applica- with a few applications. So, if you want to follow along, um, the, the words will be on the screen, but I'm going to start in Revelation 1, verse 4. John, the author, the one whom Jesus said, or the one whom Jesus loved, as he says in his gospel, John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, I was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. He was on this island because of his faithfulness. He was kicked out on this island. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I, John, turned around to see this voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword." His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. 
Therefore, write what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand. Jesus is unpacking some of what John saw already. The mystery of the seven stars and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels, which also means messengers of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So, okay, we're going to stop. Just a quick summary. On a high level, what do we see here? We see that Jesus is awesome. He is awesome. Fall on your face as though dead. Now, Jesus came as a little baby, and we should celebrate that, but we need to recognize that this is the eternal God. And he walks among the churches. So what we see next is Jesus has some messages to send to individual local churches. So this is the conclusion of our church doctrine, like our, our series on the church. What does the Bible say the church is? This, is? this is our conclusion. I just want you to hear Revelation 1 to 3. What does Jesus say to these churches? Well, he says, he encourages and corrects them. He's, he's saying encouraging things and corrective. And that's what love is. He's wanting their best. So let's, let's just read each of these letters to the churches. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. So he's, he's holding the, the church and he's also walking among them. I know your deeds, Ephesus. I know your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and you have not grown weary. These are red letters in your Bibles if you got the red letter edition. Yet I hold this against you. You've forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you don't repent, I'm going to come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. If you, if you haven't heard this before, Jesus is threatening that he's going to take away their church. The lampstands are the church, right? I'm going to come and remove it. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So in summary, I'm just going to give you a quick summary on each, each uh, letter to the church. Uh, Jesus says to this church, I commend you for your well-doing, but repent from failing to love me most, or I'll remove your church. And so he ends on a positive note. We have this thing in common. We hate the wrongdoing of this particular group. So, man, just, you know, just remember what I shared about James. Is Jesus here? <laughs> um, I just think it's incredibly powerful. Like, th this is Jesus' relationship with his, with his church. We go on. We got six more. Uh, to the angel of the church in Smyrna, right? These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. He, he's using this incredible picture of Jesus that he saw earlier uh, in his intros to all these churches, the first and the last. Th these are his words. So I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you're rich. I know about the slander of those who say they're Jews and they're not 
but in fact, they're a synagogue of Satan. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you'll suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who's victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. So in summary, Jesus is saying to the church at Smyrna, I know you're poor, but in me, you're rich. And though others oppose you, and you may even die due to your faithfulness, you will live in me. So it's kind of a hard message, right, for, for us to hear. But that's, he's encouraging their faithfulness in the midst of difficulty. Verse 12, to the angel of the church in Pergamum, write, these are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city, where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin. They ate food, sacrificed to idols, and committed sexual immorality. Likewise, you have those who hold to the teachings of the Nicolaitans in your midst. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will come to you and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who's victorious, I'll give some of the hidden manna. I'll also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. We're about halfway through, so if you're a little overwhelmed, I just want to say this. If something sticks out, grab that and keep that, maybe even write it down, And we're not going to have a comprehensive understanding this morning. That's not the goal. But just get something. And and I'll help you at the end if you have your hands empty. Um, So my summary of what John wrote, what Jesus told John to write to the church at Pergamum is this. You live in darkness where Satan lives, but you're faithful to me there. But some are not faithful. They're being sexually immoral and therefore not worshiping me. Others are holding to false teachings, so repent. Or, and then Jesus pulls out another threat in love. It's, it's, but it's, it's a consequence. I'm going to come and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So, yeah. To the angel of the church at Thyatira, write this. These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and his, whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds. I know your love and your faith, your service and your perseverance that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. And most likely this is a symbol um, who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she's unwilling. So I'm going to cast her on a bed of suffering and I'll make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of their ways. So I'll strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you except for you who have been faithful. Here's the the one thing Jesus is asking. Hold on to what you have until I come. 
to the one who's victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. That one will rule over them with an iron scepter and dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, I will also give that one I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So summary to Thyatira. I know you've grown, like you've, you've shown some spiritual progress, but I have this against you. You're putting up with a false teacher, and I'm going to deal with her and her followers in a way that makes all the churches know me. And those who have resisted her, those who are faithful, hold on to me until I come. To the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the beginning of chapter 3. Write this. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come to you like a thief, and you will not know at what time I I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will be like them. Be dr- will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So summary of that letter. I know people think that you're alive. You have the image management game going on, but you're dead, and I know it. So repent, or else you're not going to be ready for my judgment of you. And there are a few who are are faithful, and they are secure in me, and they're enjoying that security. Verse 7, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, but you've kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. I will make them come and fall at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem who is coming out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Fire hydrant. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here's the summary though. And see if you can't connect to this. I know you're exhausted, but you've been faithful. I will vindicate you before those who oppose you, and I will protect you. So stay faithful. I'm coming soon. That's, that's my summary. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write. This is the last one. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, naked, and blind. I counsel you to buy from me 
gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear. Buy it from him, he says, so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and they with me. This is written to the church, not to unbelievers, okay? Jesus is inviting his church in to come in and eat with him, to know him intimately. You better believe he invites the unbelievers too, but he wants you at the table first. To the one who's victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So summary to the church, to the, those who claim and follow Jesus at Laodicea, you're lukewarm and I'm not going to have it. You think you're rich, but you're poor. Come to me to find true riches. I'm saying all this because I love you. Repent. I'm available to, if, if you want me and the life that I offer. So thanks for bearing with me uh, through the fire hydrant. I didn't want to keep you here all morning and read slowly. Uh, here's a few applications. The church is messed up and broken, but Jesus is beautiful. I mean, drop dead gorgeous, right? <laughs> it, like, he dropped down as though dead. Uh, thanks. Um, but in all, serious, all seriousness, the church is messed up and broken. I mean, you see it in five out of the seven letters. Jesus has very firm correction for these churches and even the ones who like he only commends those two churches that he doesn't have a critique in that letter against them they feel weak and they were attacked and greatly suffering those two so you know how do you do with that i mean (laughs) messed up and broken that's that's what the church is but jesus is beautiful and committed to his bride and so We all need this Jesus. He is walking among us in a unique way. He's offering this life together, not just you and him, but us together and Jesus, and you and him individually. There is individual responsibility here too. But all I'm trying to say is that even though the church is messed up and broken, uh, the church is for discipleship to Jesus. And discipleship to Jesus is for the world. That's the thing that the church is to offer the world, is discipleship to Jesus. And if if Jesus is committed to us through the midst of our brokenness, then we can also be committed to each other. As we receive his love to us, we can love each other. The second application is, if you want to be a part of what Jesus is doing, you're going to be a part of a church. And I'm not saying that Jesus isn't moving elsewhere, um, And you could say, well, Ben, here we are. Uh, But I would say to be the church is so much more than showing up. Um, Jesus never once scolds them for not showing up. (laughs) If they didn't show up, then they wouldn't have even been considered part of the church. I mean, right? But just because you're at a church or even a member of one doesn't mean you're a part of what Jesus is doing. Remember, there are so many letters in so many of these churches. Jesus said, now there are some who are practicing uh, sin, ongoing, unrepentant sin, and then there are others who are not perfect, 
but they're repenting. They're, they're being faithful to me. They're, re- they're repenting and they're believing continually. They're confessing their sin and they're renouncing their sin and they're finding mercy from me. But uh, there, there's kind of this church split, if you will. Not that they left, but that some people are following Jesus and others aren't. So if you want to be a part of what God is doing, he is present and walking among the church. Unless he's not. Unless he's left. And that's a question we should all be asking. Not just, not just people like James who have no fear in asking that type of question. <laughs> so I would encourage you to make your aim to be a part of what Jesus is doing with your life. He wants, he wants you to be about discipleship to him as a physical therapist, as a worker at a nonprofit, as a stay-at-home mom. No matter what industry you're in, uh, Jesus is actually the expert in that industry. And he would love to do work and do all of life with you. That's his invitation. Discipleship is a whole life endeavor. So here's, here's the last application. It's another one that we saw multiple times throughout the letters. Uh, just be quick to repent. Be quick to repent and to love Jesus most. What, what I mean by that is be quick to examine your heart and see, what am I loving most? What do I care about the most? And if it's not Jesus, <laughs> which it often isn't, if you're honest, just be quick to repent and come back to him. The common theme to all the churches is whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says, meaning let him do it. Let him do these things. And I think in our culture, there are a few that I want to highlight that might be especially pertinent to some of us here. Uh, Warnings for the wealthy. Um, We're in the top 1% of the world uh, when it comes to wealth. And we can easily rely on our wealth as a means of security. Um, Yeah. So that's just a warning. So be quick to repent of loving money uh, more than Jesus, of using money um, without regard to Christ. Uh, And then sexual immorality is another one that he hit on in a couple of these different letters to the churches. Uh, Be quick to repent of that, whether it's in your heart or uh, before your eyes. Be quick to repent and to love Jesus. And and then this last one, uh, I know you're exhausted, but you've been faithful. I, I know there are a number of people here who have been with us from the beginning, and uh, being, uh, d- being a disciple of Jesus and being committed to discipleship, you can easily feel tired and, and worn down, and you need to hear uh, that he knows your faithfulness and that you will be rewarded. So... Stay after it, and at the same time, uh, get some rest for your soul. Just by receiving Jesus' kindness, he knows you're exhausted, and he knows you've been faithful. So don't, don't overexert yourself. Don't do more than he's asked you to do, but stay faithful. And so, uh, just to conclude, don't, don't act like you're perfect or even good enough. Just commit. I, I want to encourage you this coming year, as we turn the page to 2019, to adopt the mindset of training, training to trust 
Jesus more and more with your life. Um, we all have an important role to play here. Um, if, if this is the church where God's called you to be, but probably the most important role for each of us is just daily repentance and, and trust. And include others in on that. You know, let them know, I've been repenting of this. I need to trust Jesus in this area of my life. So let's talk to God together about our life. Jesus, in, in many ways, I, uh, I don't fully understand what it means that you walk among the churches. Um, but I know there's a unique presence. Um, your power and your presence is available to uh, the church that, that you created, that you built. Um, it's not me. It's not the other leadership. But you invite us to join you in what you're doing. And... Um, yeah, I pray that uh, the church, both here at Orchard and throughout the whole world, throughout Park City, Wichita, the whole world, um, would shine like a star, um, or shine like a city on a hill, um, like stars in the dark sky. So, yeah, bringing it back down to, to us, <laughs> would you show me and would you show each person here um, what repentance and faith, repentance and trust looks like in their life and show us any unrepentant sin uh, because we don't want to drag our feet on what you're doing. Thank you for loving us enough to confront and to correct. Uh, I've said this before, but if you're wondering if this is God, the, the Spirit of God speaks uh, specifically and directly and lovingly to sin. The devil wants you to feel a general sense of guilt and shame and condemnation uh, for no reason. Um, he just wants you to think... Um, I'm a failure, I'm not good enough, but without without addressing specifics. <laughs> so, um, yeah, God, as we continue in worship uh, and as we leave this place and continue in worship, help us to see you as the one who walks among the lampstands.